tuned into Psychic Parrot, the podcast about amazing animals and the strange power of pets with Al and Fred. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the coffee is hot. Uh, we are fresh back from the dog park. Uh, we not only sit and, and Google things about animals, we also go out and observe in real life, don't we? Uh, co-host Alistair Goodwin. We do indeed. And today we were observing Mango having a fight with a big dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a coward. By the way, this is Psychic Parrot. I'm your host, Frederick Ekhoff. Um, and as I said, Alistair Goodwin, he's got the hot stuff. Newly found animal psychic abilities. Ooh. Yeah. I, I hear it's a special episode. Uh, well, I know it's a special episode because it's the season finale of our first attempt at uh, dwelling down into the deep well of uh, animalistic uh, facts and hearsay. Hesay, yeah, that's a good description for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Some uns- uns- unsubstantiated rumors. Yeah, that's what we work in. That's our realm of expertise. Yeah, it's funny. I actually cannot believe this, but I left the book at home. So oh, for our, our season finale, there will be no story, which oh. makes me think there might have to be some kind of minor bonus of a couple of stories at least. But teasing, anywho, teasing, <laughs> teasing, teasing. Like, um, so welcome to the season finale, Fred. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. So thinking about it, we are psychic parrots. So if you wanted to know which animals were the most psychic, who would you ask? Hmm, a guru? Yeah, but what, which guru? An animal guru? See, I would answer it by saying that I would talk to the world's foremost psychic, right? But is it an animal, or is it... No, I'm not talking to, the an, the, to a psychic animal, I'm talking about somebody that would, because they're psychic, would know which animal is by... Like ability, the most psychic. So I'm seeing you trekking off to Nepal to this like child uh, Buddhist monk that uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buddhists are flocking in to ask a question, and you come in. And just like, Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura, the starting. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> a couple of things <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> well, it's not Ace Ventura. <laughs> it's this guy. Beloved Guru, what animal is the most psychic? The elephant? Mm. <laughs> well, let's, let's see. Let's see. But this guy, Tana Hoy, also for the first time in this episode, <laughs> I'm going to, as much as possible, name my references. Uh-huh. So, yeah, take that show notes. Um, so, and while I tell you about these, I'm going to test your psychic abilities. Oh, my God. And you're going to guess the animals on this list. Mm. So, let's just... They don't have to be in order, but psychic animal, number one, is... It's, um... Octopus. In, Predicting well, football, this man. One. We're uh, talking mammals, it turns out. Oh. <laughs> mammals? Psychic mammals? 
Ähm, Cow? Cow. Okay. <lacht> <lacht> you don't think I'm right. Known for its psychic abilities. The answer was cat. Oh. <lacht> So, I mean, obviously these aren't in order, like cows could be on the list, but cats, like, we've been over it. We know why people think cats are psychic, witches, etc, etc. They're very ominous. And yeah. Uh, if you want to know why cats are psychic, refer to the cat psychic episode. Yeah, it's the witch yeah. thing. Yeah. I guess it's all the way down in history. And, you know, the spiritual connection. Hmm. So, next, number two on the list. Dogs? Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> yes. I guess right. It was I dogs. Right. Oh, Mango's back. She likes the word dog. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, Mango. Steady. That really geared up. Our dog that we said dog. Do you think that's because she's psychic? Maybe. She knows she's being talked about. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to have to ask you to get down on the floor, Mango. Get down. Get down. Look. <laughs> hey. Um... So this one, they said, okay, the dogs always know when you're coming home. Yeah. But we already kind of debunked that by knowing that they maybe have a sense of timing. Yeah, it's the scent thing. Yeah, but it's also their knowledge. They can catch, they can catch a timeline. Mm. You know, they can tell time, kind of. We think, or <laughs> we said in our last dogs episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this because we talked about it. But also that they. Um, mimic your mood oh yeah you know and they know when you're sad so they come up and pat you mm. uh, so either this is like for according to Tana a telepathic communication mm. or, or a case of what's called clair empathy clair empathy clair empathy a mix yeah. of the Word clairvoyance and empathy? Yeah. That the, sounds good. The ability to feel what another is feeling without using the sense of sight, smell, or hearing. Oh, yeah. It's an exceptional kind of empathy based on the exchange of psychic energy signals. Yeah. That's amazing. If it's even close to being true. Do yeah. you possess clairempathy? What am I thinking, Mango? What am I thinking? <laughs> She's clueless. <laughs> okay. So that's that's second. So what is our third animal? The horse. Big 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 big. <laughs> How incredible, Fred! That's two in a row. <laughs> that's two thirds. We proved like as, as if we're cheating. <sighs> I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, horses. So why do you think horses are psychic? Or why would Tana point horses out as being psychic? They got this kind of vibe about them. I don't know. I remember from um, Strange Power Pets, there's some horse stories of horses just like, my master is in trouble. I'll gallop the 17 miles over to the hut to find him in a hut hit by the lightning and pull him out with my teeth. That's exactly it. Like crazy sense of direction. Yeah. Get lost and they always find their way home. So some people think it's the like, the sense of smell, but this guy seems to think it's their keen understanding of the movements of the sun. Hmm. Which <laughs> a horse's ability to have a keen understanding of the movements of the sun is it's an interesting idea. 
Um, oh, he doesn't feel that's the case. Uh, because, like, horses can still find their way home when it's raining. <laughs> not animals can find their way home when it's raining, though. So they're not using the sun. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. They're using their intuition. Hmm. They're very intuitive horses. I guess so. Not a horse expert, as you probably all know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, these, it's funny that we didn't cover these act concepts in the episodes. Yeah. But it's also funny that we did episodes on the most psychic animals just by accident. <laughs> no. Okay, so We've next. We've gone into it. Next and last most psychic one. Octopus. <laughs> no. Not the octopus. Already, you already guessed octopus. Yeah, I know. But close. It's a. It's a dolphin. It's a dolphin. Exactly. Did I guess it right? You did guess it right. Now I'm just saying the ones we've had the episodes about. But that's because you're psychically intuitive enough to realize that Uh, that's... Yeah. I should have guessed humans, huh? Tune in, man. No, we don't count. We don't count. So why dolphins? It's all based on Flipper for me. Exactly. (laughs) That dolphins, like... This is the point he makes, okay? So, in the case when a man's bitten by a shark, how did a dolphin know that the man needed help? How did they know what to do to help the man to survive even after being attacked by the shark? And why would they even care to help? Yeah, why? If it's true that dolphins are saving people... Microplastic, man. Yeah. Like, shouldn't they going to stop helping, maybe? Yeah, because people are like, hey, look, we tried to help you every time there's been a shark attack or a capsizing. We've been there. We've pulled a few yeah. to safety. What do we get in return? A herring. Microplastic and <laughs> herrings. <laughs> herring with microplastic yeah. in them. Quicksilver. So this is the point where I actually ended up sending a, a little note to Tana Hoy in the form of a, a reply to his uh, article because this bit I I liked a lot <laughs> it you're in me. dialogue with one of the experts I'm not in dialogue because he hasn't responded oh, we're in a one way well, dialogue one at the moment t- Mono- said, monologue yeah I'm <laughs> having a monologue for Tanoi <laughs> great great work so which is the most psychic animal um, well it just depends like, it depends on the present emotionally charged psychic bond that exists between the human and animal, or animals of different species. So it's like, the emotional bond strengthens the psychic bond, and like, the the increasing psychic ability needed to warn danger, to empathize, to give alert, comes like, in waves, this guy reckons. So it's like, your psychic bond with your dolphin is most strong when you need to be protected from a shark. Ah. When it's a real situation. Yeah. So at that point, it's that's the most strongly psychic animal because mm. it's relative. You can't just be like that's an incredibly like psychic David the zebra. Mm. Like it's like yeah. I thought I that inspired me to go hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if this is real, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not real, uh, then no, it's not a good point. But well. We are talking about psychic animals here, so it is a bit far-fetched, no matter where we get our information, isn't it? But, True. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll just like a sentiment. Like it was a sincerely written uh, Good article. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> someone trying to be serious here. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I, what I found funny was that these are the animals we picked. And these are the animals that I had to kind of pick. Let's take to the making of Psychic Parrot. Well, I, you know, when I was, mm. when I was uh, picking and researching the, uh, the episodes, I picked the ones that were closely related to humans because we had the most interactions with them. Yeah. Meaning, like, I think this guy also said, like, I can't say, oh, the, uh, the like, uh, duck-billed platypus is the most psychic animal. Right. Because I'll be laughed out of psychicdom. <laughs> I have to prove, what, I have to say one that we kind of already established as being the most psychic animal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I did the same. <laughs> so me and Tanahoy on some level. <laughs> it would be very hard to, you know, gather some research material on this. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, I, for but me, I, I believe it's down to the individual animal. But here's my scientific proof of animals being psychic. Animals predicting natural disasters. Yeah. That's that's about air pressure and shit, isn't it? Well, but, well, let's see. (laughs) Like, yeah, of course it is. (laughs) Or if it even happens at all. But, so, yeah, I thought I'd get into, like, the closest thing I could think of for, like, like, animals predicting. And, yeah, so in... 373 BC that it was recorded that the snakes, rats and weasels deserted Hellas, a Greek city, days before a massive earthquake. Mm. But like the thing is they don't know what animals sense, you know, if, if anything. Um, so like they're the, just like, hey, the neighbors skipping town, huh? What do we do? Yeah, exactly. Whole like, snake family. The snake, yeah, and the snakes bounce. You're like, shit, we better get out of here. Like, <laughs> if it's not good for snakes, it's not good oh. for humans. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, people think, yeah, like you said, it's either like the magnetic fields or electrical pulses or vibrations through the earth. Like, mm. so these sorts of things. Or maybe they have tiny radios with the uh, hamster reading the weather forecast. Exactly. Who knows? It could be those crows in the Antarctic. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> in their underground bunkers. In their earthquake-making machine. Yeah. <laughs> they just warn everyone, all their mates, before, like, hey, guys, get out of town. We're going to release an earthquake. Darn cross. Yeah. Shh. Don't say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> animals that have predicted things, right? Elephants have been suggested to be able to uh, predict earthquakes, but mm. we've we've mentioned that like they feel and talk through their feet so it's kind of possible that they have more of a heads up about what's happening in the ground mm. because they're they've always got their feet to the ground they always got their feet on the ground don't they <laughs> <laughs> <And laughs> yeah so that's like yeah possibility maybe then you have flamingos what so after the Boxing Day tsunami in 2004 in Asia, flamingos were the first ones to, to flee. Um, so they abandoned but and after, went to higher that's ground. That's not psychic, though. Mm, yeah, but like they were they were on they were up on high ground, safe and sound before anything happened. Uh, yeah, but the raccoons didn't. 
Yeah, I don't know if they have <laughs> raccoons in Asia, but the red pandas, perhaps. Ah, yes. Yeah, I don't know if they're more inland. Um, and then there was all the, this thing with the earthquake in Japan in 2011, uh-huh. where there were lots of reports of cats going berserk up to six days before the uh, before the quake. But is that six your days. but is that your cat going berserk and then the earthquake happening and going? Oh, she's uh, trying to warn me. She's been going berserk since she was born, huh? Yeah. So it also said that like it could cause uh, cats to get cranky. And isn't tsunamis? I can I can imagine. Yeah, so up to six days before, mm-hmm. and they were just trying to get away, like the snakes and the rats. But obviously, they're locked in little apartments, so they can't flee. Mm. Must be terrible. You know that in six days an earthquake's going to hit, but mm. you've been locked in a room by a giant. <laughs> Dumb humans. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I've, I, sometimes I feel like a prisoner, uh, like a prisoner guard with Mongo. Yeah. I don't know. Even though I got a dog, I don't quite understand the contract between the two of us. I think you just agree to be an interspecies family. Yeah. yeah. And then you just have to meet each other's expectations in the role, like yeah. involuntary or voluntary. But I mean, it's just like zoos. It's like good or yeah. bad like is mango in a better or worse situation for having you as her pack than like being out eating carcass oh i was gonna say obviously better to be with me but then i think about it a zoo is maybe a, a stepping stone even though i don't like the principle of zoos then i have a dog oh i'm confused now but could you go out and would you if it were an option if you could train <laughs> train Mango and release her into the wild <laughs> like I mean is there a place for wild <laughs> like dogs oh, where would that be forever in the dog park no uh, <laughs> on the on the steppe uh, of uh, some African country I don't know yeah <laughs> I think it's gone too far. I think I'm way too many generations past. Yeah, I think. Unfortunately, considering you know we make th- we do what we can in our situation, I think Mango is happy. Yeah, and pleasantly uh, enjoying her time as part of the Ekos. Yeah. Slash sleeping under the table. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. What more could a dog want to be doing? Not that much. There's plenty to sniff, but it shouldn't. But plenty of dogs to hang out with. Plenty chewing. of food. Yeah. Chewing. Yeah, a bit of leash, but come on, we've all got a leash. Yeah. Metaphorical leash. We're all leashed down as humans exactly. as well, huh? Exactly. Let's not get too deep. <laughs> Let's not get too deep <laughs> on the real world. Back to the internet. Yeah. So, instant apology. <laughs> also, in Japan, the cows showed lower milk production uh, six days before the disaster. Another six days? Yep. And there was a correlation with a New York dairy farmer who also experienced lower milk At production. At the same time? No, different earthquake. Oh. Because he wouldn't have felt the same earthquake. That okay. would be a coincidence. And there's a, hundreds of earthquakes where the cows this is just Japan produce and this the is same. Yeah. So like, they should be measuring, um, measuring cow milk production to predict earthquakes. <laughs> <laughs> like little earthquake institutes all over with a with a 
with one guy and the cow and just like oh oh she's short today yeah oh get to the hills <laughs> <laughs> three liters means meteor shower <laughs> <laughs> Calvoyancy. Calvoyancy. Yeah, Calvoyancy. here's the cows. I guessed yeah, cows. Exactly, that's what I said. I apologize. That's why I apologized. Because <laughs> it was like, I'm sorry. I got, I, I, cows were involved. I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> like, I knew they were involved. <laughs> exactly. You guessed so many of the animals already. Like, yeah. I, lucky I don't think I mentioned an octopus later. <laughs> like, yeah. Because that was too mainstream. Everyone knows about psychic octopuses. Yeah. Um, so, next one sharks. So, sharks love a storm, it turns out. They love them. Yeah, tiger sharks in particular. Confuse, uh, confuse their prey, probably. Yeah, or shipwrecks. It's just part of the... You can't have, a, like, a massive stormy shipwreck no. without a bunch of sharks. <laughs> like, the tableau isn't complete. In my head, it's always calm water and blue skies when a shark appears but uh... but in the movies and stuff like there's a big crash and the ship crashes over a big wave mm. and then everyone's in the water but it's it very seldom rain. a shark doesn't roll in like yeah but it never rains on a shark you know it never rains on a shark is that yeah. val- can you verify that <laughs> maybe no I can't <laughs> they're always underwater so I guess yeah no, it never always. rains directly on a shark no <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's got its fin up, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously this is nonsense. Um, but scientists, uh, well, exactly, couldn't find any data about these scientists, were thinking that they could tag sharks and mm. increase the accuracy of storm forecasting by 20%. 20. <laughs> yeah, tag a few like, sharks. They go, oh, they're all clustering over here. Storm's coming. Uh, yeah. So they're storm chasers. Yeah, they love a storm. But they, on the reverse of this, and something a little bit maybe closer to the truth, so 10 official shark attacks off the coast of the Carolinas. This researcher called Joe Merchant took notice to this uptick in attacks and recognized that two of the attacks, which occurred within an hour of one another, occurred on a day with a really strong breeze. Hmm, strong breeze, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know I'm sort of cherry picking and yeah. paraphrasing, but like <laughs> some deep science we got here. Two out of ten of them occurred when there was a strong breeze. Two out of ten as well. Oh boy. Okay. So, so I, I I understand that sharks aren't on the top four lists. Uh, I didn't guess sharks either. So good on me. Yeah, but you did. But you got all of them except one. Yeah, so that's impressive. But there's actually been examples of where legitimate authorities um, have forecast successfully an earthquake based in part on the observation of animals. So in 1975, um, in China, they actually evacuated a city of Heicheng of a million people a couple of days before a 7.3 magnitude earthquake. A small portion of the population was hurt or killed. Um, and they reckoned if they hadn't done it, it would have cost about 150,000 lives. Not cost, but caused the death of 150,000 lives. Yeah. And this gave people a little bit of hope that earthquakes might be predictable. And it even prompted the, U- the United States Geological Survey to do a study of whether or not 
Um, animals could be used to predict earthquakes. And any result of that survey? They stopped doing it. <laughs> in, in, inconclusive. Inconclusive. <laughs> down in the X-Files it goes. Like it says, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the X-Files of the United States Geological Survey. That must yeah. be a grim place. <laughs> like, it's a very small folder. <laughs> there's no David Duchovny in that basement. Like, no. <laughs> what are the X-Files of the Geological Survey? It's Bigfoot causing earthquakes. It's UFOs causing earthquakes. I mean... Rocks are aliens. Some geologist out there must have like a believer's heart, you know, that it's that the weather isn't, you know, random. Yeah, and it is, yeah, that must be the <laughs> X Files. If where is that? Where's the movie? I don't know. <laughs> Patent pending. We're writing that movie next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't steal this idea, people. Yeah. So it so it does say it was in part observation and antics of animals like the other part was that they were sensing small tremors they were <laughs> themselves thought, sensing it yeah or like mm-hmm. the, the machines were but let's give some credit 20% 20% of the credit and we'll give some credit to um, National Geographic for that little uh, ooh little tidbit and that's our, one of my, our most credible sources yet. Yeah, and Animal Logic, Matt A is, was responsible for the uh, contribution to the last one. Thank you, Matt. Apologies for stealing your material. <laughs> Not all of it. I paraphrase. I paraphrase. <laughs> so now, how many horses do you reckon do math? How many horses do math? Yeah. Quantity? Yeah. Al is holding up one finger, so I'm going to guess one. <laughs> it's one. They don't see this, Fred. Oh, it's not a talk show. Yeah. Well, it is a talk show, but it's not a yeah. TV. Yeah. We can pretend you're being psychic. And we still might. <laughs> yeah. The day when we get a YouTube channel. Huh? Yeah. One day. Hmm. Our own um, podcast network. Yeah, that'll be the day. Yeah. So the psychic podcast is Nick Work. Connect Work. Connect Work. The Psychic Podcast Network bringing you such great shows as. Dog Facts. Down the Rabbit Hole. <laughs> Snakey Malone. Eating your pet. <laughs> Eating your pet. <laughs> okay, enough of that. <laughs> That's for the Chinese market. <laughs> Korean, if you can. I mean, lots of people eat pets. Their own pets? That's morbid. I think there's plenty of or- origin stories of people who had a pet chicken that their uh, father came home and chopped up. Oh, like that. Yeah. The traumas. Yeah, some friends of mine from Norway, they were like eating at someone's place. And then I was like, yeah, that's freed of the sheep you're eating now kind of put a damper on the <laughs> on the meal <laughs> and they knew Frida from previous yeah oh, it's dark it is dark yeah. let's go I, back I into guess the... they think it's just natural but it's not you just don't name them if you're planning on eating them then it becomes yeah. a bit of a kind of weird dynamic in my humble opinion <laughs> it makes numbering them makes it more righteous yeah exactly <laughs> no well, let's get out of the ethical debate. Yeah. 
Don't so, eat it, do eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, back to this horse because yeah. I like horses and this horse is doing some good stuff. Hmm. So, let me set the scene. It is 1904, Berlin. Ooh. And possibly at the time, up there with Seabiscuit, one of the most famous horses in the world. A speaking, in inverted commas, and thinking horse called Clever Hands. <laughs> Great name. He's German, so... So Hans solved calculations by tapping the number or letter with his hoof in order to carry to answer questions. Um, it turned out that he was actually able to give the correct answer by reading the signals in the face of the person ans- asking the questions. Ooh, it was like, all a bluff all along. Huh? It was cold. Re- no, but it was cold reading you. Mm-hmm. So it could see. It was taking the cue. So he'd be obviously been trained to take social cues and see that if you're getting more agitated, he knows. That's probably how many clop, clop, <laughs> clop. <Yeah. laughs> then when he sees that you're, um, you know, getting nervous, he knows to stop clopping. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess. Like, so he could count the number of people in an audience, perform arithmetic, read the clock, recognize the I- and identify playing cards and know the calendar of the whole year. In response to a question, he would tap with his hooves either to indicate a number on the right option among many given. The obvious guess was that this was an elaborate hoax set through training and like through training by the guy that did it, his trainer, Mr. Mr. Hans's dad. (laughs) But it became apparent that Hans answered not only his trainer, but cooperated even without the trainer there with someone he had never seen before. They never got him in a sterile uh, lab environment to test it. Always outsmarted them. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, where'd he go? (laughs) That horse was always one step ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I find that so heartwarming. Um, So this is also like rollback to Psychic Parrot World Cup predictions and uh, such so this might be also why psychic animals like the parrots and the octopus well maybe not the octopus but the parrots <laughs> like do their prediction in the world cup which team will win is that they read the agitation in someone as to which one they oh, should yeah. which peanut to eat which peanut to eat and there's also a preference to like they'll have a preference to their left or right side oh, yeah. so that, you know there's ways to trick it but this would have been the part of the part of the podcast where I referred to the book and read a passage called Lady the Wonder Horse oh. which is almost the same story of Hans but with a horse called Lady who was a wonder horse rather than just clever the, and the Steiger couple behind the typewriter yeah exactly but so, we don't have that book no we don't have it I can't believe I forgot it it's so stupid <laughs> like it was so, then I thought, dogs look like their owners. Psychic reasons? Mm, no, maybe. But oh, It's got to be the preference of the owners. So. Well, what it is, according to Stanley Corin, PhD, DSC, FRSC, <laughs> dog mad guy, loves the dog. So he'd gone to a dog and owner lookalike contest, which apparently in itself is fascinating that that's a thing. Huh. That's a fun contest. Yeah, isn't it a fun contest? Yeah. Takes a bit of pressure off the, off the dog. Yeah, exactly. 
so they think that it's like it's that we like things that are familiar mm. right and so what's more familiar than your own face because you see it in the mirror all the time so like yeah. the same reason we like the same songs we like according to this guy we, we continually watch new versions of the King Arthur legend even though we've seen it a hundred times in some different narrative Mm. Or, you know, we go back and hear the same opera over and over again every year. Everyone. Every year I go back to the, go and watch <laughs> The Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> it's a shame that neither of us can, like, name an opera. Oh, yeah? Can you name an opera other than The Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> um, Swan. No. Wait, fuck. That's a ballet. A ballet. Oh. I want to say something like La Riviata or something weird like Evita. that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you're putting me on. The I know, but spot if I, like, on yourself as well. Yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> I want to say something by Mozart. He wrote operas. Yeah. Well, he mostly wrote classical. Yeah, but they were used in operas. Yeah. I remember in the movie, the king got bored in one. Yeah. I'm glad this podcast is about animals, huh? Yeah, for sure. And not about opera digest. Opera, <laughs> opera digest <laughs> with two people who know nothing, <laughs> like just wildly speculating on what yeah. opera could possibly even mean. <laughs> like, so yeah, because we see our face so much, that's part of this familiarity that we um, we tend towards. Uh, so that's also like what kind of grim. But if you look more like your parents chances are the, or like one of your parents chances are they're gonna like you more mm-hmm. than your other siblings because it's a survival tactic yeah if you can mold if you can try and mimic your father you have less chance of being having to murder him and oh, yes. marry your mother of course yeah <laughs> so we all have the instinct of Oedipus <laughs> is that a that can't be yeah, that's Oedipus. an ancient Greek play that's not an opera <laughs> and, um, Okay. Little did we know it originally starred dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Eat a pussycat. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> the dog operas of the early Greek period. <laughs> Un- meow, 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 meow. Undiscovered dog operas. And <laughs> we don't know if they have been discovered yet. Unearthed. So, how did they test this? So they got 104 women, showed them four dogs, and said, which one of these dogs do you like the best? And also, please indicate what type of haircut you have. (laughs) And long-haired women tended to prefer Springer Spaniels and Beagles. Whereas... But uh, Beagles are shorter. Beagles have the floppy ears. Oh, long ears. The hair covering your ears. For humans, the ears counts as hair. (laughs) Whereas... um, for shorter-haired uh, women, they preferred a Siberian Husky or a Basenji. I don't know what that one is, but it's got short hair. Basenji. Basenji. Basenji? Never heard about it. And then they showed 28 people a person, and then they showed that a, do- a picture of two dogs, hmm. and said, which one of these is owned by this person? And two-thirds of the time, they got it right. do 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 so I mean that's weird but then does that mean dogs are trying to look more like you or display a kind of thing would mean they would have to understand you psychically in order to mimic you trying to mimic us I think they're trying to mimic us in some way 
but also they there's always a pattern of learning for dogs so they learn what kind of behavior that's stimulus uh, response yeah so for my mango my little uh, mixed breed here uh, she was she's like reduced a lot of the activity that stimulated that we ignored her mm. so she's doing a lot of like behaving a lot more than when she was very young but she also goes to the other extreme and does something she knows that I'll get angry about because that also stimulates a response so the it's the two extremes they're just ADD yeah mm, they have doggy based Ritalin <laughs> imagine that if you started medicating your pets to be all like <laughs> sleepy now oh. They exist, man. They probably do, don't they? Many, yes. It's dark. Or mangs. <laughs> We're not medicating mangs. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the draw. <laughs> seen all the needles. Um, so that's... Um, I thought that was quite interesting. I think we barely covered it earlier. but So this Stanley guy, just give him a shout out. This is the name of the dog. He's written many books. So he's written The Wisdom of Dogs, Do Dogs Dream, Born to Bark... The Modern Dog, Why Do Dogs Have Wet Noses, The Paw Print of History, How Do Dogs Think, How to Speak Dog, Why We Love the Dogs We Do, What Do Dogs Know, The Intelligence of Dogs, Why Does My Dog Act That Way, Understanding Dogs for Dummies, Sleep Thieves, and The Left-Hander Syndrome. Oh. So, Born to Bark is my favourite. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read that. Oh, yeah. That one definitely made me laugh the most as well. <laughs> Baby, I'm bummed back. <laughs> so, moving past that one, it's been a very straight episode. There's been no, uh, I haven't, no quarrels. No, I haven't had any uh, like titles for the segments. Oh yeah, it's our season finale. We've loosened our ties, and uh, you know. Yeah, and just said, let's have a quick chat and let's final let's finalize psychic animals. <laughs> what have we we learned so far? I feel we're going a little deeper in the general level here, which is good. Yeah, I think I think the like I think we have learned a little bit more about like actual practical psychic elements rather than what we were doing before, which was basing it more in a like what within the realms of barely provable information <laughs> is there that would verify it without just saying bold-faced I say they're psychic prove me wrong right like I think what we were aiming at was here's as close to psychic you can get without yeah irrefutable truth that would shatter the very meaning of existence and we keep looking for stories you know we keep looking for uh, for uh, the truth is out there as, as Fox would have said Yes. <laughs> Keep searching. We're seekers, man. Yeah, we are seekers. So, animals in religion. How does an animal get you to worship it? Quite an interesting concept, and like within our world, a kind of a bit more prevalent than one would imagine. Yeah. Like that animals have ingratiated themselves into our like lives to the point of succeeding over us. Mm. <laughs> like it's quite impressive that we can put so much into an animal that we end up putting regarding its life higher than our own 
right. which we can't say about a lot of things, which like so the worship. So tigers, elephants, monkeys, like in India, for example, like cows are venerated as holy. Like yeah. it's quite impressive. I know that the people would say, yeah, the cow, I mean, it has its place, but like independently, the cow wasn't seeking this place. Hmm. I guess, or maybe it was, like, depending on where you stand on the belief. But I just think it's an interesting concept that, you know, they have made their way in, in the same way that there's people that worship goats, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's other people that misunderstand goat worship and say, okay, you're worshipping the devil. Oh, yeah. Because people, again, goats don't get good PR. Feed them to the Tyrannosaurus Rex, right? Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Feed them to the T Rex. Is that the is that the punishment for goat worship? Yes, sir. <laughs> In the mega coliseum. Yes. On the dark side of the moon. <laughs> we have goat worshipper number fifty three versus Mama T Rex. Step right this way. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Megapolis, Dark Side of the Moon, 2012. You're not invited. <laughs> but you still think Australia exists. <laughs> 2012. I love it. I'm saying this thing already exists, but we don't exist in the reality that allows us to go there. Oh. You fools. We've been tricked. There's no Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Only for the privileged. The moon is a hologram, except for this thing that's on it. There's the only thing on the holographic moon <laughs> the mega coliseum the mega coliseum yeah where they do all the t-rex fights oh. <laughs> and i think as far as animals having their heyday as being venerated we look no further than ancient egypt uh-huh. where they hit the godhead real hard like you think even the humble cat got its place like animal worship was right it's hyenas it's hawks it's you know, all of these spiritual representations of animals that are also, like the funny thing with crows is that it hits cross, you know, any animal that appears to us with some familiar trait, hmm. if it's familiar enough, is going to get put up on the, in the Godhead, like of your culture or whatever. And I think it's quite a strange thing. Like, it's, is it us imbibing a psychic ability on the animal, or is it the psychic ability of the animal rubbing off on us? Hmm. I guess my guess would be the first, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> since we have our, our open hat on, uh, I'll guess the second. <laughs> Trick question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's crows. It's crows. <laughs> In the Antarctic. And then just to go into, like, we mentioned it in the snake episode, but I was really upset that I didn't get a little bit more of a look into it. I'm pretty fascinated by this idea of snake handling Hmm. for something to do as a religious practice. So I went a bit further into it. So snake handling comes back from the US early 20th century Pentecostal movement, which is the guys that believe signs and wonders and speaking in tongues, Hmm. for example, Fred... Was I supposed good? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> Prophesizing. Hum, dola, hum. Pro- okay, that's not a prophecy. No. It'll do. Um, <laughs> and faith healing <laughs> and spiritual gifts endowed by the Holy Spirit. So this is where they're getting their start, right? 
so they believe in the signs and wonders and that God is directly speaking to you through stuff happening. And like the basis of it is if you just want to open your Bible, uh, Mark 7, 18. <clears throat> and these signs shall follow them that believe. And in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. <laughs> <laughs> and that is enough to start people um, handling snakes. So sometimes because of what it says in this text. To stop them. No, to get them going. This is uh. the premise of the whole snake handling branch of Christianity oh. is that part of the Bible what do they do when they handle snake they're just like look here I can stick my hand down in the snake basket and they won't bite me yeah more or less like they so they bring in the box and like if the if uh, throw a virgin in there yeah well it's more if the like mood takes them they'll bring out the snake and they'll kind of mishandle it put it around their neck and just like prove that it's not going to bite them because God doesn't yeah. want it to bite them they also drink strychnine sometimes in some doses. Ooh. So have a wild gospel party after. Yeah, since it's since it's this religion has started, there's been apparently more than a hundred associated deaths. <laughs> Why they fall off? Yeah, and they've they've um, existed in this place called Appalachia for like now close to a hundred years. Like they're quite secretive. Hmm. Um, yeah, because they're not getting a lot of new converts and. <laughs> it's thinning in the ranks, eh? Yeah, the ranks are thinning out of the snake handler. <laughs> she drank strict nine. She cannot bear bear uh, <laughs> children anymore. We keep they keep dying, all of our members. <laughs> and now, finally, we're going into, uh, let's say, not exactly broad uh, interaction with our listeners. Ooh. So I was. We've been contacted by three people who nice. had suggestions it's more than two yeah exactly they had suggestions and, and one guy had a comment but yeah <laughs> that's not on this but so uh, one of our <laughs> listeners let's call him uh, Mr. D <laughs> great because they like their, he's asked to remain anonymous he was interested in knowing about border control dogs oh yeah yeah or as I like to think we've been talking about border control crawls right yeah. but not dogs but for the sake of this podcast psychic dogs who can sense what's in bags yes <laughs> that's how they do it yeah <laughs> so you actually a lot of these places you can adopt a border control dog because they need a huge amount of socialization hmm. but they only go through seven months of training and they're also like really cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, and from what I understand, like they can, they have to kind of, at least in the old days, they had to try a pot. What they're sniffing out, they need to have an awareness of hmm. or a smell behind it. So certain things they can, certain things they can't smell. Hmm. Yeah, based on their ability. But also, like in my experience, I've been stopped by the, the sniffing dog. And it was because. Like, the only thing in there was a sandwich. And apparently they were like, oh, well, you know, sometimes you find sandwiches, like... <laughs> but best that he finds, like, everything. And sometimes... Yeah. yeah, so he finds drugs and sandwiches, this dog. <laughs> like... Definitely using his nose, then. Yeah. 
And here's some current events in the Dog Border Patrol Agency. So the US Customs and Border Patrol has a dog named... Bingo. Adolf. Adolf. <laughs> German Shepherd? Yep. Repeat, the US Customs and Border Patrol Agency. Oh, they have humor. They have also said they have no plans to change its name. Uh, so this was... <laughs> This was just when they posted a picture of the of their cute dogs, and they posted. It was posted. Adolf was posted alongside a dog called Delta, a dog called Doris, and a dog called Pistol. Pistol. Yeah. Was it Pistol's a good name for a dog? I guess so. Revolver. So Michael Nisgoda confirmed that the dog's name is indeed Adolf. He's a shepherd dog. Was purchased from the Netherlands, so that's why they're saying it was okay. He's also one of their top dogs in drug seizures. Huh. Maybe it's because they believe in him more because he's got that authoritative name. Huh? Yeah. So he said, he had this to say about it. People think that they're, that, people think that's their own thoughts, but Adolf is a common name. That's uh, the reason why he says that it's okay to name their dog Adolf. But Adolf has been a good dog. He's done over 230 pounds of narcotics. This is American, unfortunately. I guess that's around... Uh, pounds is half a kilo, so 100... Some amount 100, of kgs. 90,000 kilos. Yeah, valued at 1.3 million. Which he sees none of, apparently. And <laughs> He's got an interest rate. Yeah, found 340,000 uh, bucks worth of... Of narcotics. No, I just one last thing. And then we had two here was another weird psychic thing. So we got in we got contacted by two people called James. Huh. Who wish to remain anonymous. So we'll just call them Mr. J and Mr. J. <laughs> J and JJ. J and JJ. So the first guy would like us to highlight this little story so this is again I think this is not a, not a good end note but magpie attack Australian cyclist dies while fleeing the swooping bird ah chased him off a cliff yeah a 76 year old cyclist yeah little off the road um, due to a magpie but I've this seen is this not, yeah. I've seen not seen the specific one, but there's plenty of material out there with these Australian magpies, which are quite different from the European one. Just chasing anyone who moves at a certain time of the season. Oh, I've I've seen them in action. They're terrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah. People will actually put two eyes on the backs of their cap <laughs> so that you can, they get um <laughs> they get oh, nailed. Um, <laughs> this unfortunate guy didn't though. And uh, other James, who we'll call JJ, just sent me a link to a book called Wet Beavers Looking for Wood, which is a, what appears to be a child's book about beavers building a dam. But it's a bit psychic. He brought that to our attention. Like, that's it. But, I mean, that's not much to base an episode on. But it's like, well, the beaver episode, you never know. Yeah. Season seven. But I think it's sexual innu innuendo. Is Wet it? beavers Ooh. looking for wood. E. Yeah. <laughs> you say it the right way. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Well, I actually had a um, a listener email as well. No way. Believe it or not. Um, we'll call this man um, Mr. Uh, e? Mr. E? Um, <laughs> Carlton. Mr. Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> and he was uh, requesting an episode about um, prehistorical animals and not dinosaurs, but like sable toothed tigers and mammoths. Titanoboa. What was the that? Titanoboa. Ah, yes. That we have done. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting, but very hard to research now if a saber-toothed tiger could predict an earthquake. I think. I think if you, you what if you were gonna make that argument, you think right? People say that like when the Earth was young, there was a deeper tune to nature and pe- things were more harmonious. Hmm. Let's say Eden-like. Yeah. So perhaps there was in that kind of broad sense, if there is a like universal uh, universal uh, (laughs) what's the word universal cloud shall we say that Mm. you can tap into of a psychic nature a resonance if you will Mm. then um, perhaps the resonance was stronger back in those days and therefore they would have been more psychic it was less tapped so they had more material to download from the cloud from the psychic cloud why yes. is so bad that that's the only like reference I can make <laughs> like <laughs> I liked it word, the, the river of consciousness the stream <laughs> yeah. of time um, <laughs> the cloud <laughs> the big murky cloud yeah the unisoul the unisoul yeah the what do you call it the zeitgeist these are words that people say in revolt <laughs> yeah we should know these things though yeah, but we're not Toya. Toya Hain. No, definitely are not. So here's a question from one of our listeners. Actually, we got one. Um, it says Fred, uh, if you had to be an animal, uh, what animal would you be? <laughs> sure, I've been asked this question before. Been but... asked that question three times over the series of this. Oh yes, it's true. You answered trout. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of bird. <laughs> and no wait, there was the an ape with wings. Oh yeah, and winged winged monkey. <laughs> winged monkey. I stand by that one. <laughs> I don't remember the other one. Oh, what are safe and happy and content animals these days, huh? It's hard to know. I'm not too threatened. How about across time then? Let's let's broaden it out. You can include instinct, extinct animals in this. Oh yes. Um, doesn't help that much, really. If I would loaf, loaf about, I would definitely loaf about. I wouldn't fly this time. Maybe Flying a, is stressful. Be a dire sloth. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty content, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, that small period where there was just a giant version of everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think... When everything had the dire in front of it. Maybe some sort of... Um, I want to say a lemur. Ringtailed? Huh? You Ring-tailed? know those in Madagascar, the lemurs? Yeah. They're funny. It's like a fancy raccoon. It's yeah, like it a... is. They can walk on two legs. They're yeah. pretty cool. Um, that's cool but they're close to extinction so it's not a it's not a good business move 
sorry. Mm. Okay. So you'd want to be a Lima pre the discovery of Madagascar. Uh-huh. So a Lima circa... <laughs> <laughs> circa 1521. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm sure Madagascar's been populated for ages. Yeah. Just not visited Back for Back and forth, maybe. Yeah, but I guess it only got problematic when people were using it as a turtle supply depot. Mm-hmm. Pri- pre that, it would have been probably quite a pleasant place to go for a walk. <laughs> a stroll. A stroll. A walk with the dog. Yeah, exactly. No dogs on that kind of island. No. You break the balance. Chase the lemurs. It's like in New Zealand, you can't bring... They, they do some pretty intense checks sometimes to make sure that you can't bring like your pet rat onto an island mm. to the point that you have to empty out your bag to prove that you didn't bring anything on because they're worried that some idiot will eventually i heard this um podcast it's called bbc witness it's like hey, don't promote other podcasts i, yeah. I, I was <laughs> no, debating joking. it yeah. you heard the post no, of before. course yeah, but, yeah. um uh, yeah so and there they interviewed a guy that was a part of um getting rid of um a bad infestation of uh, rabbits on a on a part of australia hmm <laughs> that was weird to hear this guy just been whacking and whacking and whacking rabbits just with a with a mallet or with yeah a gun. that was kind of their tactic was like uh, poisoning them and oh, just okay. whacking around and I thought you meant yeah. literally running around wh- there's so many of them you just said whacking day <laughs> whacking day dumb it <laughs> oh I'm so glad we finished in a Simpsons reference in the finale yeah. woohoo <laughs> got there in the end though yeah it's in every episode <laughs> oh fun but I mean that's the end of our facts um, but it's been fun favourite uh, fact favourite fact from this season um, I don't know if I can call it a fact but one of my favourite moments is when that crazy guy with the dolphins in the house fed LSD to the dolphins then got disappointed <laughs> and started to, to drill with a, a jackhammer. jackhammer yeah what people's do huh? hey, that's grim it is grim hey you're up again mango just in time to say goodbye she's had a she's had a sleep on her beanie yeah that's fine she likes things that are laid out yeah I shouldn't have put my beanie on her bed that was a stupid place <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, well. enjoyed it. Hey, Sniffles. Yeah. Here's a cutie. Got a couple of sneezes there. Well, I guess more or less because we don't have the book. Damn, not having the book. Uh, wraps us up for for this season of Psychic Parrot. Yeah. It's, it's been a joy. It's been really fun to record this. We're sorry that that one guy didn't like it enough to uh, comment <laughs> that he thought it was rubbish. But I mean, yeah, we're not like a streamlined, sleek production. We're well, quite provocative broadcast. I, I think so. Both for animal lovers and animal haters, I guess. Yeah, niche, I think, is the word. Mm. We're trying to appeal to people called Alistair and Fred. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And of course, anyone else that appreciates it, but we understand if you don't and apologize. <laughs> no, we but, don't apologize. No, we don't apologize. I'm going to cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> we, we understand, um, but if you've listened this long, then thank you. Yeah. And thank you to everyone in America who's uh, listening. Yeah. All three of you. So we're, go- <laughs> we're gonna stock up on material, and we'll be back uh, at at some point when 
Yeah, when the psychic wind carries, uh, carries. carries its message and yeah. says, "Do psychic parrot again." When parrot, when the parrot's on the wall, it starts squeaking. Hello, hello, parrot, psychic, yeah. season two, coming up. But it's a fun season, and yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Most of all, we've really enjoyed recording it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what is most important to yeah. all your people back home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that can't listen to it because it's the sound of my voice and they find it irritating yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's weird if you one day to you'll friend, get the transcript but... you know and then they can enjoy it while reading I should have auto auto uh, changed my voice so that it's like unrecognizable <laughs> mango you can lie on the hat you cannot eat the hat <laughs> she's eating the hat <laughs> that's a good finale beanie black beanie eaten by see, see mango likes the beanie because it's black and mango is black familiar mm. well okay. on that note thank you for listening everybody and thank you see you in a few months up to four I guess uh, for season two of uh, Psychic Parrot yeah, Psychic Parrot over and out yeah thanks a lot ciao ciao